Technically Iowa is a Technology Association of Iowa podcast, highlighting innovators and tech leaders throughout the state. The Technology Association of Iowa is a statewide member-based organization uniting Iowa's technology community by connecting leaders, developing talent, driving public policy, and fostering diversity and inclusion. The Technology Association of Iowa believes every Iowa company is a technology company. Visit technologyiowa.org to learn more and get involved. My name is Cassandra Kotek, and I will be your host for today's show. With us today talking about Manufacturing 4.0 is Debbie Durham, Director of the Iowa Economic Development Authority and Iowa Finance Authority, and Kevin Gall, Director of Operations at Pella Corporation. Thank you both for being here today, and special thanks to you, Debbie, and the team at IEDA for sponsoring this podcast series. So we'll get started with, Debbie, if you could kind of give us an overview, what is Manufacturing 4.0 and how are Iowa manufacturers facing this technological revolution that really emphasizes automation? Well, I'm going to answer the first part, but I'm going to actually yield to Kevin to do about how manufacturers are actually navigating that. I think that's a perfect segue to him. But what I can tell you is Manufacturing 4.0 has been called, it's known as the fourth industrial revolution disrupting the manufacturing industry. And it's using technology such as additive manufacturing, data derived from sensor technology, artificial intelligence that automates decision making, and real-time analytics that enable blockchain technologies. And these are all under what we call Industry 4.0 that is really creating this new wave automation and manufacturing in other industries using what we know as smart technology. So while these innovations are introduced to manufacturing through the Industry 4.0 initiatives, they provide unique opportunities and growth that we see in the state of Iowa. So I think I'm going to pause there and really then just hand off to Kevin and he can talk about how this is actually working in real theater. Great. You know, I, I think how it's working is it's probably a big variety of different ways. And I think that's points to the fact of why I think IEDA and Iowa Innovation Council decided to really dive deep into this area just a few years ago. You know, some manufacturers, probably some of the bigger OEMs been on this journey for a few years mm-hmm. now and investing in some of this technology and learning and starting to build that muscle where not exclusively, but there's just a lot of our SMEs that just uh, maybe haven't had the resources or the time to go focus on it. And again, was the nexus of some of this work to help our manufacturers, specifically our SMEs, navigate the space because there's a lot of different technologies in the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, Debbie kind of highlighted just a couple of them. And, you know, it's, it's can be really intimidating for a manufacturer to look at this and say, where do I even start? Right. You know, you can spend time just figuring out what the heck blockchain is, much less uh, how you're going to leverage that on the manufacturing floor. So. How manufacturers are navigating, I think, is a whole different world, a whole host of different approaches. And unfortunately, what we're trying to address is the ones who aren't navigating it yet and not really diving into that. So, you know, I'll, I'll speak from Pella Corporation standpoint. You know, I think we, we've chosen a few technologies to dive deeper in. We're looking at a lot of things, but I would say I can probably point to about three technologies that we're, we're going a lot harder after that we can see, you know, see immediate value, see how this can tie together down the road as well. And to try to build that muscle and start getting those learnings, because this isn't something that you say on day one, I'm going to get into manufacturing 4.0. Day two, you paint a picture of here's my 10-year vision and then you start executing. It just doesn't work that way. So it's really a learning process and an iterative process. 
And you know, the, the best way to get started is literally to get started and pick a, pick a narrow area to get started in. So, Kevin, could you dive a little deeper into what those three technologies that Pella Corporation is focused on and how long are those strategic timelines? Are they five years? Are they three years? Are they 10 years? Can you delve into that a little bit? Sure. Um, uh, we could spend a lot of time on this. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that the three areas that we've spent the most time on, first one I would say is automation, but also automation tied with machine learning, which also gets into mm-hmm. AI, right? Artificial intelligence. Made some pretty significant investments there. We've had some nice success there. Another one is uh, RFID, radio frequency identification technology. We've been working with that for a number of years now and are really starting to expand that. And, and that's one that we can, you know, we look when we look at a longer range multi-year initiative, we can really see where over the next five years, we can leverage that in a whole bunch of different ways and really start tying together an internal ecosystem. And, be, and eventually beyond that would be, be going out to our supply chain as well. The third one is uh, voice technology. Uh, so you may have seen or heard some of this, but we're leveraging voice technology. So it could be voice-directed cues with a headset for a number of different applications. You know, the first one was really just a simple stockroom uh, pick application that has really paid some nice benefits. So those are, we're looking at a lot of different things, but those are three that we've probably invested the heaviest in so far. And I've seen some nice wins in all three of those. Wonderful. That's great to hear. So you mentioned some triumphs at Pella Corporation in those three technology areas. Can you chat about any growing pains and how Pella Corporation has adapted and evolved from those growing pains? I see a challenge is that there's a, there's a lot of different technologies out there as we've talked about. And you know to understand what technologies make the sense for your business not only what makes sense for your business, but at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So the technology might make sense for your business, but it might not be for three or four years because you've got four or five different things you need to have in place first before you're ready for that. So I think understanding that of what makes sense for our business today, where we should start investing today, but then start thinking about into the future. So those you know, challenges for us, I think, was initially, where do we start? Right? What technologies make sense now and starting to build out that vision for the future without getting lost in the weeds. Uh, another challenge really is the underlying data infrastructure. If you start thinking about things where you're collecting data, it could be sensor technology, can be some of the machine learning of how are you really going to, you can start collecting a lot of data. How are you going to use that data in a meaningful way that's actually going to benefit your business? And then how does that start connecting? So if you start doing uh, some work, sensor work in one part of your business, and you start doing something else, whether that's with RFID or voice or any other technology, another part of your business, how do these things eventually tie together, right? It might make sense to start out having them independent, but at some point, this stuff starts to need tying together. So you start really getting more business holistic insights driven from the data. And I think that's been a, a challenge for us is wrestling with it of understanding what's that data infrastructure need to look like so that when we get five years or 10 years down the road, we don't have a whole bunch of dis- disparate technologies implemented in our business that can't tie together. And now you feel like you're starting over again. So that's been something we've, well, so we've burned a lot of calories on. I wouldn't say we have it all figured out yet, but it's definitely been a big challenge for us of understanding what's the data infrastructure need to look like and making sure it's a little bit future-proof. Great. So what I'm hearing from you is taking some of those siloed business data operations, legacy 
models and really connecting them. How do you connect them and how do you connect them efficiently and effectively for your employees, for your strategic plan, for consumers, et cetera? And how you tie the new technologies into some with some of those legacy systems gets to be a real big challenge. So, Debbie, question for you. In 2020, the Iowa Economic Development Authority released an industry-led manufacturing 4.0 initiative with the goal of adopting technology, increasing productivity, and competing for global talent. Where does that plan stand now? Well, actually, you know, we paused briefly. We started down this journey prior to COVID. When COVID hit, we paused because obviously we were doing was such a, you know, really a black swan events that none of us had ever navigated. And then, you know, it was shortly after that, though, that we reached out back to the manufacturers and said, does it make sense to, to reinitiate this? And it was overwhelmingly yes. And I think the thing that's really important when you think about who led this initiative is through the Iowa Innovation Council. And I would liken that to Iowa's think tank. And it's all industry-led, and then we have the academic, the research institutions at the table as well. So this is a private initiative that has as was led to do this. And it's our vision, quite frankly, that manufacturing 4.0 in Iowa become a we Iowa would become that high adoption state in manufacturing technologies over the next five years. And so what this plan does is really begin to outline that. It begins to look at incentives. It begins to look at the state of the industry here. And, and the other thing it really does is it begins to dispel the myths around industry and manufacturing 4.0. Because the main your misconception is it's going to replace jobs. And that's simply not true. And I'm going to give you a prime example. You know, I travel two to three days a week and I'm in communities. And one of the things that I do on my trips is not only to look at our community enhancement projects or catalyst projects that we're doing, but it's to tour industry. And I was in a manufacturing plastics plant in Hayward that had actually adopted a lot of these 4.0 technologies, except in one area. And they still had two people full time while this plant was running, actually removing these little bitty medical plastic bottles from the machine and stacking them. Now you can imagine, first of all, extremely unrewarding work. For these employees, right? Doing this all day long. And they want, they figured a way to provide that robotically so that there would be no human connection. Now, those employees are still going to be employed at that plant. They're just going to be maintaining the equipment or running the major equipment that's doing the automation. And so I would tell you their life, their work is more rewarding. It's certainly safer. And at the end of the day, they're getting higher skill sets and it's raising the profile. So that's what this report does. It really begins to make the case of why this is important, why we need to be this early adopter and why we should lead on this because manufacturing is Iowa's largest growth state product is extremely important to us as an economy and as a wealth creating pillar of our economy. So from a statewide perspective, Debbie, I'll ask this question to you first, and then Kevin will take it down to Pella Corporation. Chat with me about triumphs and successes with training employees. I can't imagine in that example, there's no training behind employees learning how to manage, maintain, operate, and monitor a system so technologically forward. Can you speak a little bit to that? And if the report has sort of information on that? 
Yeah, so the report actually does deal with that. I mean, our natural partners in this are certainly the community colleges and the technical training they do. But actually, we're also talking about these micro-credentialing units, right? They are badges that can be added on. And those can be taught by a private provider in, that may have a certain expertise working on a particular machine. They could be done. It may be a cyber security badge that's going to be critical to this as we launch this across industry sectors. And that can be maybe done at the university. And so training will look totally different in this. But all the training that we do will be highly credentialed. It will be, you know, with outcomes based, obviously, in mind of where we want people to be of raising that skill set and ultimately raising the standard of living for Iowans, which all of our economic development should support, or we should be reevaluating that. And so it talks about the training. It talks about the incentives that are needed. It talks about the importance of, like I said, the industry to the economy. And so it's an extremely comprehensive report. And so if your audience hasn't had the chance to, to look at that, I would encourage them to go to www.iowamfg.com. And all this information is on there. It is an excellent report. It's got a plethora of useful and great information for Iowa manufacturers and those interested in the manufacturing industry. Kevin, let's turn that question to you. How has Pella Corporation adopted these automations in their product lines and processes and trained employees differently? Yeah, you know, I'll probably answer that in two ways. You know, to build off of what Director Durham was talking about, sometimes people think about this automation eliminating jobs. And, you know, perfect example, we, we implemented a new lumber processing line down here in Pella about 18 months ago. And highly automated machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence embedded in it that has delivered fantastic results for, from a productivity standpoint, a material utilization standpoint, using our lumber supply much more efficiently. And that, that automation, that technology we implemented took a number of team members, you know, work that team members were doing that was highly physical and a lot of manual handling of, of lumber. You mentioned, think of you're handling a bunch of two by fours and we were able to automate a lot of that. Uh, there was a lot of cognitive loading. So you think about a team mm-hmm. member, you a two by four and you've got to cut the defects out of it. So, you know, you're working all day long, manually handling the two by fours, making decisions of where to cut, you know, to try to get good good wood out and, and take the scrap out. We could automate all that. Out of that work, those team members, some of them ended up in, honestly, higher paying, more skilled jobs. We literally sent them to Europe to be trained for. You know, other ones where we are able to utilize uh, other places in that facility here in Palo Iowa. So no one lost a job out of this. It was, uh, it was really a win for the company, ultimately a win for the team, and not about you know, replacing workers, which again is a, is a, is a myth. The other side of it, I'll say, so to flip it around a little bit is we've leveraged the technology to make training easier. So I talked about voice technology Mm -hmm. and the first place we implemented it was actually in a stock room. So I'll say it's a relatively simple application. So imagine a stock room where you've got a team member with a whole stack of paperwork and it's got, you know, part numbers and they're going line by line, picking a, you know, a part in a certain quantity and putting it in a slot in a cart that would go to an assembly line. So again, you think about cognitive loading, but you also think about they're, they're picking literally from hundreds, if not thousands of different parts in the stock room. They've got to learn where things are. They've got to be able to, you know, try to not get off by a line on your paperwork and the cognitive loading of doing that all day long. You know, our really experience was for a, for a team member to get efficient at it, you know, accurate and efficient. 
would take us a couple of months till someone really got good at it. And we are now leveraging voice technology. So imagine a team member's got a headset on that the system then will tell them the first thing to pick. They'll tell, they'll tell the location in the stock room. So it'll say, go to, you know, aisle K, you know, row B, you know, right down the shelf in location. It'll tell them how many to pick. And then the, the team member actually talks back to the system, gives them a check digit and a quantity of how many they picked. It'll validate of, yes, I got the right one because every, every location in the stock room has a unique check digit. So it makes it very easy to get it right every time. We saw our accuracy go way up. And our training, so getting back to your question about training, it used to take us a couple of months. We can have someone fully up and operating in a few hours now, running efficiently at high accuracy. So think about uh, the training. So obviously, it's a savings to the business. But I'll tell you the other piece is it's lowered the stress level of the team member. So if you think about being a new team member who comes into an operation, you don't know anything about the business, and you've got to start picking all these parts, and you don't know, have any idea what the heck anything is, it lowers the team member's stress level from a training standpoint, and they feel successful much quicker, which is a win for the team. I mean, honestly, our team team members have loved the system. We're, we're copying and paste that across many, many places in our business now because it's been so successful. That's a great example, Kevin. Wow. I mean, that that really illustrates it for us. That really does. Thank you so much, Kevin. What an excellent example about how you're not taking employees away. You're redirecting their focus, reinvigorating their passion for what they do every day. That's fantastic to hear. So before we end, I'd love to just ask you both if you could speak to a manufacturer who's a little overwhelmed, a little nervous about sort of stepping into this revolution, what advice would you give them? Well, let me begin with that. And I think I would say start with the, again, our website, the, the www.iwamfg.com. And it's going to outline everything for you. We also want, you know, we want to connect you with Cirrus to do an assessment. Cirrus is really going to provide for you kind of that roadmap, individualize. Are you ready for the next step? And, you know, people have gone through that process because they have to do that before they can apply for any of our resources under the Manufacturing 4.0 initiative. And this just ensures they understand what this journey entails. And it also shows them where they are on the journey. And it and opens up tremendous amount of resources. So the people that have gone through this said, you know, we thought it was just a formality, quite frankly, one of those things we needed to do. And we found out it was actually very helpful to us. So that's where you're going to start. And then we have people that will guide you every step of the way. And to read the report. The report is very comprehensive. I think you're spot on. That's right where I was going to go as well. I, I think that's where to start. And, you know, beyond that, I would also say is, you know, see who's in, who's in your area, who's already on this journey, other manufacturers. You know, certainly there's there's uh, resources through IDA, but look at who's on the Advanced Manufacturing Work Group, companies on the Iowa Innovation Council. These are companies that are already uh, in this space and already on this journey. And I will tell you, I think you're going to, by and large, you're going to find out Iowa companies, Iowa manufacturers are help, happy to help other Iowa manufacturers. And we have, Hello Corporation, we've benchmarked other companies in the state of Iowa. You know, we've shared some information and it's an opportunity for all of us to get better together. So go learn from others as well and look for those opportunities. Uh, Cirrus is a great, great opportunity, not only with their assessment, but, you know, Cirrus does a lot of mm-hmm. training. They make some trainings available as well as some roundtables that I know that they've done as well. So, you know, leverage some of those resources that the, the state, IEDA, uh, and others have already invested in are starting to provide. 
Great. Well, thanks to you both so much, Debbie and Kevin, for joining us today and talking to us about Manufacturing 4.0, how it's affecting and improving Iowa's economy and manufacturing industry. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Cassandra. Technically, Iowa is powered by the Iowa Economic Development Authority, dedicated to helping Iowa manufacturers remain globally competitive. Learn more at iowamfg.com.